What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, February 19th, 2020. And after a very busy, busy day, because this is going up a little bit later than I anticipated, but not only just for me, uh, but a busy day for the Vegas Golden Knights, who started practice today with the regular old squad. And now when they take the ice tomorrow for morning skate, they will have a new member of the team in defenseman Alec Martinez. We will discuss this in a matter of moments. But first, hello, everybody. How are you? Welcome back. My name is Danny Webster. I am your host of this here podcast, and I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode. Uh, We will be discussing the Golden Knights finally getting into the trade sweepstakes and landing the veteran defenseman from the Kings in just a matter of moments, and especially how he fits onto this team but before we do that, usual housekeeping items out of the way first. Uh, hello to you if this is the first time you have stumbled upon this podcast, as this is a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you consume your podcasting. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21, or if you want to send an email, you can do so to Knights at gmail.com, and I do greatly appreciate you doing so. So uh, let's let's get right into it, shall we? The Vegas Golden Knights, after a flurry of defensemen, pun intended, I guess, but after a a good number of defensemen were moved yesterday, uh, the likes of Brendan Dillon, Marco Scandella, just to name a couple, as I hit the microphone, this is becoming a daily thing, me hitting the microphone, but you know what? We like to keep things going here in the podcast, whether they just happen or if I just am clumsy as usual. In any event, uh, the Golden Knights, after whether you can say missed out or did not seem to be as aggressive as one would like in terms of getting in on this rush of defensemen that were going off the market, the Golden Knights got into action on Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, in a trade with the Los Angeles Kings to acquire defenseman Alec Martinez, the 32-year-old lifetime king, is now going to the Kings division rival here in Las Vegas. In return, the Golden Knights are sending two second-round picks, uh, their own second-round pick in the 2020 draft, and then the 2021 second-round pick, was owned by the St. Louis Blues, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that pick was originally owned by Carolina, who gave Vegas that pick for the Eric Holla trade. So that is where we stand right now. Alec Martinez is expected to make his Golden Knights debut tomorrow against the Tampa Bay Lightning when the Red Hot Lightning come to T-Mobile Arena with their 11-game winning streak intact. And what a daunting task it will be for the new Golden Knights defenseman having to go against the likes of Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, and everyone else in between. That just sounds great, doesn't it? Uh, but uh, let's let's just talk about this because I know that there is definitely a lot of mixed reaction, and the and I definitely have a lot of mixed feelings about it as well. The first thought that comes to my mind is I think the Golden Knights did get a little bit better defensively. Um, Martinez is not someone who's going to move the needle offensively. He's not really someone who is known as an offensive-minded guy. He doesn't have 
the pedigree to be someone who would be considered a Norris Trophy favorite. Uh, I believe he has 198 points in 10 plus seasons with the Kings. And obviously everyone knows what he's known for the cup clinching goal in 2014 against the Rangers, which is his uh, one shining moment. If I can use the NCAA tournament plug right there, the golden Knights are getting a veteran defenseman who can be labeled as a shutdown guy. He was someone who was very instrumental in the Kings winning those two Stanley cups in three seasons. Um, Pete DeBoer was very complimentary of him thinking that he was a very integral part in the Kings beating the Devils for their first championship when the Kings were the eighth seed in the Western Conference and when DeBoer was coach of the Devils uh, that year. And the Kings went on to win in six games. And then, of course, Martinez did what he did in 2014. The injuries have piled up lately for Martinez. He did miss about 22 games last year, 14 of those consecutively due to an upper body injury. And then this year he had an incident where uh, a skate cut his wrist and he had to have wrist surgery and he missed 18 games earlier this season. He has played the last 17 with the exception of being held out on uh, Tuesday's game against the Winnipeg Jets uh, for quote unquote precautionary reasons. Um, But Martinez arrived in Vegas this evening and he is expected to take place in the lineup when the Golden Knights take on the Lightning tonight um now for the price the price for one alec martinez two second round picks and i should also mention two second round picks without salary retention that is kind of where i'm a little eh, because here's the thing i'm I'm all for trying to improve the current core of the defense as it stands right now. They've been a little bit inconsistent to this point in the season. It's been an up-and-down, rollercoaster-type year for the Vegas Blue Line. There hasn't been any consistency for more than about 15 games. There's been a little bit here and there, but it's not like it's something that has been the calling card of the year. Martinez comes in, and he helps, but... You give up two second round picks when I feel like you could have used those two second round picks to better yourself in another manner. Now, according to The Athletic, it does appear that the Golden Knights do have interest in Eric Gustafson from the Chicago Blackhawks. So maybe the Golden Knights are not done wheeling and dealing their draft picks at this current point in time. Time will tell as the clock continues to tick down toward Monday's trade deadline. But two second-round picks for a 32-year-old defenseman who, yeah, you can say that he's been on a bad team, but he hasn't been a reason why L.A. has been either good or either bad. He has, he's got eight points this year in 41 games. It's not a move that moves the needle. Now, would I have done something different with those two second-round picks and maybe package Cody Egan in a deal to get him off the books and maybe bring in a draft pick or another player in return. Absolutely. But when it comes to what the Golden Knights are hoping to get out of Martinez, the key to this whole thing, as Kelly McCrimmon alluded to today, the key is the second year uh, of term. Um, Martinez has a $4 million cap hit this year, and he has a $4 million cap hit next year. Now, according to McCrimmon, 
and I'm, I still don't know how the math works. I'm not the, the biggest genius when it comes to cap and how that uh, translates when it comes to uh, all the times that players have been sent to AHL Chicago and how the cap is accrued at that rate. I'm not really fully savvy on that part, but apparently when that happened, the Golden Knights had enough cap space ready to fully take on Martinez's deal. And in return, the Golden Knights also recalled Jimmy Schultz, Zach Whitecloud, and Nick Waugh ahead of Thursday's game. Now, what happens with those three in the lineup, I'm not exactly sure. But at this current point in time, the Golden Knights are carrying nine defensemen. Take with that what you will. I have absolutely no idea what that means. I don't know why they're carrying nine defensemen. I don't know why. Um, McCrimmon did say that in a couple of days, it should suit it. It should uh, play itself out. So we're probably not going to see Schultz as for uh, any bit of longer time than he's going to be up here. Probably not Waugh, depending on if that fourth line continues to play the way it has. White Cloud right now is getting the shot as the sixth defenseman. Uh, he's been playing well on that right side D in the third pairing. And right now, as it stands, who knows if he was, is he, if he's if he's even going into the lineup. I can get the words out if he's even going into the lineup Thursday against Tampa. So we'll have to see how that translates. The two second round picks. If you weren't retaining salary, I don't think you needed to give up two second round picks. Now, to be fair, the Golden Knights draft capital is at a ridiculous surplus, especially with second round picks. You figure out the picks they got in the Gusev deal, the picks they got. Um, they still had uh, Pittsburgh's pick from when they took Flurry in the expansion draft. They had their own, uh, so it's not like that they were they weren't bare on second round picks. They still have three second round picks that they want to use that they can use in a potential deal going forward, moving into Monday. There's still that possibility, but giving two second round picks to a guy that is making four million dollars a year and really does not move the needle as far as other defensemen are concerned. To me, it seems like a little bit of a stretch and, you know, time will tell. I mean, the whole adage of players who go from one bad situation to another can obviously um, can obviously turn their season around. Maybe Alec Martinez just needs a fresh start. He's going to a playoff caliber team. He's going to a team that's contending for the Pacific Division is going to likely contend for a Western Conference championship given the current playoff format. So there are a lot of integral parts that you can kind of put in play here and see if he can actually move the needle a little bit because a motivated Alec Martinez is going to help out in the long run, I feel. But it is a risk. You're talking about a guy who's been hurt, a guy who's been dealing with injuries, uh, has not played a full 82-game season in about four years, and you're talking about a guy who really is not the kind of defenseman that I think any of us actually thought about Vegas acquiring going into the deadline. I mean, I you've read the reports, especially from the Review Journal, that they've been eyeing Martinez for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've sent scouts to LA's games, and they've they've seen like this is the, the guy that they've been honing in on for the last number of you know last number of days, last number of weeks, however long it's been. It does help though that you get a guy who is familiar with the Pacific Division. Uh, I, I asked uh, Brady McNabb and Mark Andre Fleury that question. I do personally believe it helps having a guy who's familiar with all of those teams and has played with the teams that Vegas is going to be seeing a lot of in March and is going to be seeing a lot of in April because you're going to need a guy who's familiar with that kind of talent on Vancouver, on Edmonton, 
uh, Calgary, Arizona, you're going to need a guy like that instead of putting him into a new system and hoping to God he understands what he's doing. And and it's not like it's going to be a full-fledged transition. I think it's going to take a little bit of time, especially with how Vegas has switched up its D schemes for the God, I mean, Gallant switched up the D scheme in November, and then when DeBoer comes in, it's a completely different system, and then they have to, you know, figure out part A and part B, and it's all one giant convoluted system. But I think you get a guy who has won it. Obviously, he's not like the main piece as to why he's won it, but you get a guy who has been there before, has been to the cup final twice, who's won the cup twice. And you're putting him in a lineup, in a lineup, really with a team that has that Cup final experience, but it, it's not quite there yet. And I think that was definitely the reason why Vegas went in on going after a guy like Martinez. And again, they still have plenty of time between now and Monday to make another move if they want to. If they want to go get another defenseman like Augustuson, who is a good puck mover, who is a very good scoring defenseman. You acquire him and Martinez, that completely shores up your D uh, much better than I think anybody anticipated. And you're feeling a little bit better about yourself when this deadline wraps up. As for tomorrow, where Martinez moves into the lineup, where he slots into the lineup, that is going to be very interesting because you can make the case that Martinez could replace Nick Holden in the second pairing and have Martinez with Shea Theodore, which I think would be pretty good. But then you're taking away the fact that Holden and Theodore, by advanced metrics and advanced numbers, have been one of the better D pairings in the league for the last three weeks, a month, however long it's been. So you don't want to ruin that chemistry. But I don't think you paid up two second-round picks to have $4 million defenseman be your third-pairing defenseman. You know what I mean? So... You take out John Merrill, you throw in Alec Martinez with, you know, a a Zach Whitecloud, preferably. Um, You have him with the young rookie. I think that would be beneficial. Again, don't know how you feel about having a $4 million guy being on your third pairing, but I I mean, that's kind of the world we live in right now. Um, But I I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Pete DeBoer does because, the good thing with Martinez is you can slot him on any side. You can play him on the left. You can play him on the right. Um, he averages 21-plus minutes a night. He's done that for the last five seasons, so it's not like he's someone that you can you know cautiously throw out there for 17, 18 minutes and hope to God he doesn't know. There's a reason why the Kings have thrown him out there on numerous occasions, even when they weren't good and even when they were good, to have him play 18, 20, 21 minutes a night. There's a reason why he's so reliable in those situations. Maybe the other reason is why the Kings' defense isn't that great beyond Dowdy, but I mean, there, there there's that possibility as well. Um, so I, I look at it from that standpoint, and I think that I think the uh, the ideal situation would be McNabb, Schmidt, Martinez, Theodore, and then... Merrill slash Holden and White Cloud. Uh, I think Merrill and uh, White Cloud have been fine in the last few games. Um, just don't get Derek Anglin back in there because that, that might screw up the whole thing. Because um, I think White Cloud deserves an extended stay until he's just completely until he's completely shot. Really, so be very interesting to see how DeBoer deploys that tactic going into tomorrow because tomorrow's game is going to be. 
Obviously a big game as far as the opponent, as far as what's on the line here. Nothing really big on the line, but the the Lightning bringing an 11-game winning streak into T-Mobile Arena. The Golden Knights looking to win their fourth straight and go through Murderer's Row with at least eight points out of ten with one more to go. That is on the line as well. And, I mean, I haven't checked the Oilers' score in a little bit, but I'm pretty sure the last time I saw the Oilers, they were down one to nothing. And if we look here, uh, they're playing Boston. It's actually tied 1-1 right now uh, between the Oilers and the Bruins. So that is another thing to keep in mind. If the Oilers lose tonight, there's a chance the Golden Knights could leapfrog into sole possession of first place in the Pacific Division. So now you have to integrate this new piece into your defense, hope that he can provide any bit of what he provided in L.A., uh, obviously the players speak highly of him as a veteran, a good presence defensively. He's going to block a lot of shots. I think I had it pulled up here. Martinez, when you look at every single golden Knights defenseman, uh, to this point, Martinez is actually third on the golden Knights roster in uh, block shots with 85 at this moment. And that's for uh, evolving hockey. The funny thing about it is, is that Derek England has 86, but he's done it in eight more games than Martinez has played. So Martinez is going to block a load of shots, just like his former Kings teammate Brady McNabb did. When he, well, McNabb leads the uh, Golden Knights with 116 block shots. So uh, he's not going to be afraid to block some shots. And that, Marc-Andre Fleury even t- touched on that today, he's like, he's going to block a lot of shots. It's going to make my job a whole lot easier. You get guys that are willing to take a puck, in a place that you're probably not going to like taking a puck, you're feeling a lot better about yourself with your defense score. Um, but overall, you know, at the end of the day, I just don't know if it was if the price if the price fits the player. I, I don't know if more than likely I'm leaning on the way of no. I don't think two seconds is worth Alec Martinez. I think you can get away with a second and maybe a fourth, but I don't think two seconds is worth getting Alec Martinez. Now, now again, the argument can be made. You get the two seconds to make sure you get the second year of Martinez under control. And that way you don't have to worry about going into free agency and trying to scramble for another defenseman. But if you were pretty confident that you could go into this offseason after giving a second and a third for say, Brendan Dillon, who is now going to be on the Capitals top pairing with John Carlson, I would have been a little bit more we're, I would have been a little bit more uh, anxious to go after Dylan with a second and a third than I would giving up two seconds for Alec Martinez and wondering if he's still got anything left in the tank. You know what I mean? Because if you can, if you can go into the mindset of getting Brendan Dylan and possibly signing him to a contract extension after the end of the year, because you're going to have to figure out a way to do to maneuver more cap hurdles and whatnot. And that's the situation that Vegas is going to have to go through if they end up getting Eric Gustafson, because Gustafson's in the last year of his deal. He's going to be a UFA after this year. And you, you know, when his contract runs up, you're going to have to find a way to pay him, which means Vegas might need to make another trade or two and get some more money off the books as we continue to progress. So that's the risk you're willing to take. But I feel like given if, you know, Holden and Merrill are going to be free agents after this year, Englund's going to be a free agent. If you wanted to make that price for a second and a third to get Brendan Dillon, I feel like at that point, the Golden Knights should have probably jumped into it because then at least if you re-sign Brendan Dillon, you know, you've got your top four defensemen ready to go. And all you got to do is figure out if you can get one veteran defenseman 
maybe re-signing Holden or Merrill and then putting him in White Cloud or Haig or Schultz or Coglin, whoever it is, as your third-pairing defenseman. But at least now you know that after this year, you have four defensemen locked up. You figure out what you do with the fifth one. The sixth one is going to be a rookie. Unless, God forbid, you want to go with two rookies on the third pairing, which I don't think is a good idea, at least at this moment. Um, I know I've said before that it probably would be and would be fun experimenting with it, but I think at the, in the hindsight of things, probably not the best idea. So I think right now, is it a good move? I would give it a solid B, maybe a B minus. Like it, it doesn't move the needle for me. And I think that's the thing that we're looking at with all these trades that have happened over the last 72 hours. You look at the moves that are made that you look at the moves that move the needle. Like what are who are the teams that are making the big splashes that move the needle and say they're going from contender to like bam, you know what I mean? Like I look at the Tampa Bay Lightning going out and getting Blake Coleman, a 20 goal scorer, and you putting him on your third line. Like you have the ability to throw in who was it, a Nolan foot, and I think was it a second round pick to New Jersey for uh, Blake Coleman, like that kind of deal is what I would. And that that's the kind of deal that moves the needle for me because you already are stacked in your top six. You throw Coleman as what your third line left wing and he, you th- let him score 20, 25 goals, whatever it is that moves the needle for me. Alec Martinez doesn't really move the needle for me, but if he can stay solid, stay healthy and play like a motivated brand of hockey that he hasn't played since really 2014, then you're going to, in retrospect, you're going to be in a very good spot. And I think at the end of the day, that's what the Golden Knights need is that they just need stability, I guess would be a good word, stability in your top four. And I think that's what you're getting with Martinez, whether or not that translates to Vegas' system we're going to find out, and it's going to be very interesting to watch. So really didn't have much to talk about. I figured t- today was just going to be this one where we talked about the trade, and then tomorrow after the game, uh, we'll break down. It'll be another late post-game pod tomorrow where we'll break down the Tampa Bay Lightning game, and if Vegas can win that game, then all bets are off at that point because going into the deadline with a whole boatload of momentum, you beat Tampa I know, it's, I know I said it a lot the other day. You beat Tampa, you're going to make some noise. And hopefully the addition of Alec Martinez will actually help in Vegas' pursuit of a big win against Tampa tomorrow. So, you know what? That is going to do it for me. I know uh, usually shorter than usual, shorter than usual, but that's okay. You know, we're uh, the big news drops and we just want to get it out there. I know it's a little bit later than I had hoped for, but. Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll end it here. We will end it here and we will get you ready for Tampa Bay tomorrow. Post game pod late, late, late tomorrow night. Um probably it will lead into Friday morning, so be on the lookout for that. And uh yeah, that'll do it for me, guys. I got I got nothing else to tell you about unless you know we can take one more look at the Oilers score and see if there's Oh no, Boston won. Okay, well here we go. The Oilers lost in overtime two to one. Uh, I don't know how recent that was, actually. That might have been like 20 minutes ago or something like that. Uh, yeah, it was about 10 minutes ago. Whatever. Of course, it was David Posternock with a winning goal. What? Why am I surprised anymore? David Posternock with the damn winning goal. Uh, so the Oilers have a point. Uh, they have gained a point. They lead the Golden Knights by one point 
in the Pacific Division, which means if the Golden Knights win outright tomorrow, the Golden Knights will be in first place in the Pacific Division. Sole, uh, um, wait, unless the Canucks won. Did the Canucks win? See, I love how I was saying, oh, we're going to end this, and then I have to keep going through everything. I'm just be like, oh, okay, hang on one second. Uh, the Canucks are tied with the Wild 1-1. So actually, you know what? Strike what I just said. Actually, actually, no, technically it would be right because Vancouver, if they win, they would be up to 71 points. So Vegas wins, they're in 72. They would get sole possession of first place in the Pacific Division should they win outright tomorrow. And then everybody can start throwing a party in Vegas because they beat the President's Trophy winning lightning that got swept in the first round last year. So yeah, that that's that's all good. That's all good. All right. Now that we got the scores out of the way, that will do it for me. Thank you guys for listening, for downloading, sharing, subscribing, all that jazz. All of it is greatly appreciated. Uh, if you are an Apple podcast, please feel be so kind as please feel be so kind. Wow. I am all over the place today. Well, then again, that's, that's every episode. If you listen to me now, it's every episode that I'm all over the place. But if you are so kind, if you could be so kind, I'm going to get it right to one of these days. If you would be so kind as to leave a rating, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, helps people find the podcast, lets me know how I'm doing uh, as a host. I know I tend to ramble a lot. I tend to not put words in coherent sentences sometimes. It, it, it's just what I do. But uh, leave a rating, leave a review. All of it is greatly appreciated, and I do thank you for that in advance if you choose to do so. Uh, But that will do it for me tonight, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, Again, a little bit later of an episode, but the Golden Knights have Alec Martinez. Will he be a difference maker? Also, if you think Alec Martinez is going to be a difference maker on this team, let me know. Tweet at LockedOnVGK or tweet at DannyWebster21. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about the trade, and uh, we'll discuss it on the old Twitter. So thank you guys. Once again, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and I will see you midnight-ish Friday, (laughs) something around there. But I'll see you then. Have a good one.